All right, Justin, you don't have to sing me a song today because it's just a bonus episode for us. Unless you want to. If there's a song you want to sing, you are more than welcome to sing it. Hmm. Does the does the weed and cut of Justice League deserve a song? No. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, to be fair, also, you weren't going to get points if you did sing anything. So <laughs> see, <laughs> you're not missing points because you didn't do it. Nice. So it's just a that wash. Works for me. Yeah, no points. That perfect. That works for me. Then All right. I can deal with that. Yeah, let's just go ahead and cue up our song. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome to a bonus episode from Justin and I, or Justin and me, however you want to say it, whatever the grammatically correct way to say that is, pretend I said only that way. Uh, We are just going to be kind of giving some thoughts about the original cut of the Justice League, uh, going into Zack Snyder's Justice League coming out within just, what, a matter of days at this point. Actually, I think technically a matter of hours from right now is when it actually comes out. So we're, this isn't going to be a typical, you know, spoiler-free or like, didn't like everything in between. We're just kind of, kind of talk about some things with Justice League. You will get those aspects. You will get what we like, didn't like, and all of that business. But warning from the beginning We're not doing a spoiler section in this. This is spoilers from the beginning. And to just kind of set the tone a little bit with this, we're going to kind of talk about our thoughts about the DCU as a whole. Um, I'm going to kind of break mine up into two categories whenever I talk about it. And Justin, feel free to do the same if you want. It's just I'm kind of kind of talk about it DCU up till Justice League and the DCU after this cut of Justice League. I'm going to use that as the break point to discuss kind of the differences we've seen and they've more or less shown with their trailers and what's coming up, you know, the differences between the two and why I think Justice League caused there to be differences. Uh, So let's start it off, Justin. What are your thoughts about the DCEU? Man, um, let's see. I've I've thought a lot about how exactly I was going to put this. And I guess the DCEU to me, it's kind of like that family member or that friend that you root for, like, and you want to see them succeed. You see the potential. And at times, it seems like that person or persons is getting their life together. You know, you 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 talk, to, you, you run into them and they say, oh, um, things are looking better or things are looking up or I'm do I've got a couple of things cooking in the kitchen, you know, life is looking a little better. And, but it's that person where you've heard that same song and dance before. And you, you just can't escape the feeling that somehow this person is going to screw it up. That somehow this person is going to, you know, wind up falling and be right back where they were, just whether it's bad decision-making 
whether it's just life or maybe the person's just terribly unlucky, whatever the reason is, you just can't, because of what you've been shown by this person, you just can't picture them doing well for an extended period of time. You root for it. You by no means want this person to fail. As a matter of fact, you see the potential in this person, you know, and you know that if this person applied themselves, they they could succeed. And sometimes you get your hopes up for this person. Sometimes this person does some good things and you get your hopes up and you go, oh, man, this is maybe this is it. Maybe this person's changing the corner. Maybe this is where this person is finally going to get their life together. And then just when you are in their camp and you think that they're going to really make these strides, they do something or something happens or you hear from the grapevine that that person is screwed up again. And then you just kind of wind up saying, well, man, why did I ever put my faith in this person. Like what, like, why do I do this to myself? Why do I build myself up and think that this is going to be a different situation only for then them to disappoint me? And I should be used to it by now, but I can't help it. They're family or they're friends or I like them and I can't put my finger on it, but I'm going to root for them time after time. And they're probably going to fail time after time. To me, that is my relationship (laughs) with the DCEU. I just feel like, man, I like all of these characters. I like Batman. I love Batman. I've read a ton of Batman stories. He's one of my favorite characters to read. Uh, Despite, I guess you could say, popular opinion, I love Superman. I really like the Superman character. And I get it, you know, he may not be as interesting as some of the other DC characters and stuff like that. And he's got that, you know, that reputation of being the original superhero. And with that, you know, that there's kind of a a sect of comic readers and DC people that I guess just want to like him less because it's just not as cool to like him. Whatever the consensus is on that. I like Superman, always loved Superman. Some of his stories I really enjoy reading. Some of his animated features I enjoy reading. And Wonder Woman is a personal favorite hero of mine. So I like, I love these characters. And the the Justice League is a fantastic group that they were fun to read in the comics. And I know that if done well, these characters can can be the best characters. They can be the most compelling characters. They they can be the most fun to invest in when it comes to their stories and their narratives. So I know that. I know the potential is there. But when I think about the DCEU and the way that they have treated some of these characters, it's that it's that vicious cycle to me, for me anyway, where I build myself up Or maybe they make a few good movies and then you're like, okay, well, all right. You know, maybe they're starting to get this. They're starting to understand. And you you watch a few good ones. And then all of a sudden comes this big blunder of a disappointment. And you're just right back in that vicious cycle, that endless circle that I talked about with these movies. So, you know, and you can't help but look across the way 
when you think of the DCEU and look at Marvel Studios and their movies. And they just seem more consistent. Have all the Marvel movies been great? No. But there's there's a level of consistency. There's a level of quality. Like, they they seem to hit when they need to hit, you know? They're that player that makes the shots when they need to make them. And then over here, you've got a guy that you like, you know, he's great on interviews. He's and he and sometimes he shows up for the big games, but he's not as consistent. And so even though you root for him, you can't say that he's the better or you can't say that he's the best. That's what the DCEU is to me. So when I think about their movies and the ones that I've enjoyed, which to me, like, I still kind of have the first Wonder Woman in my list of DC movies as, like, the best one. And then there are other others that come uh, off of that. But for the ones that I've enjoyed, I, I enjoyed Aquaman. I liked Shazam. I thought that Birds of Prey was pretty good. So, you know, it's not like there are DC movies that I haven't enjoyed, But the ones, like I talked about that player, the ones that they needed to hit out of the park, the pivotal ones that needed to be home runs, when you look at the DCEU, they've struck out on all of those movies. You know what I mean? Like, if you really think about it, those have been the strikeouts. Like, Batman versus Superman struck out with me. It made good money. You know, it did that, but the but but well, the reception. Well, it made okay money. Yeah, I guess that's a better way to put it. Like for most movies, the amount of movie or the amount of money that Batman versus Superman made would have been great. It was a good three hundred million shorter than what they wanted or expected. True. So in that way, it's it's a failure, despite what that number may look like. And so to me, that's that's a strikeout. And plus that that movie, that's Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman was in it, too. So that's your Trinity. You add an entire movie to the holy Trinity of D.C. And it's a box office failure. It doesn't meet expectations. It's I don't know, not good. (laughs) So, um. You know, the most popular thing it's known for is Martha, you know, is the Martha memes that came out after it. And so that's a strikeout. Then you think about Justice League. And this is the this is the uh, this is the Avengers of Marvel. This is the team of teams. This is the 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 super team, the most popular team of superheroes that they have in D.C., that movie needs to be a home run. And it was unfortunately another strikeout. And honestly, I'm, and the last one I'll talk about before I give it to you, Sterling, I think about Wonder Woman at 1984. You know, the, to me, that needed to be a home run. We were coming off this big, long break um, from comic book movies and, you, you know, you got HBO Max and you've got all these upcoming releases and things like that. And Wonder Woman is coming out. This is the second Wonder Woman movie. It's coming off that amazing reception and success of the first movie. And everybody had, uh, or at least a lot of people had high expectations for it. This is one of the three. This is one of the trinity of the DC 
of, of the, your DCEU universe and your DC characters, this movie needed to be a home run. And yet again, it was a strikeout. So, I mean, what do you call that player? What do you call that athlete who never can hit, seem to hit the big shot? What do you call that person who he may be good, he may have some decent stats, he may be um, up there in the maybe up there in the scoring titles at the end of the day and stuff like that. But every time you see him, every time it's a big game, every time it's prime time, and it's time to hit those pivotal free throws or hit those shots to send the game into overtime, he can't make those shots. What do you call that person? What is the legacy of that person? What is that person to you? Well, nine times out of tens, he's the DCEU to you. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, personally, I would call that Kevin Durant before he went to Golden State. Yeah. I know I said basketball, but I think about football. Tony Romo was that guy. Dan Marino was that guy, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, he did everything in the world he could, but... John Elway was that guy until his last two years in the league. That's true. Matt Ryan's probably going to end up being that guy. Mm-hmm. Philip Rivers yeah. is that guy. Philip Rivers is that guy. For a long time in his career, Peyton Manning was that guy. <laughs> true. I mean, it's unfortunate that like we've seen this trend with DC, and I feel like they're falling back into it. I mean... Like I said, I'm breaking it up into two parts. So you have your pre-Justice League era, era DCEU, where they were trying their damnedest to create a shared universe, just like Marvel. You had Man of Steel, and then the very next movie is Batman versus Superman. So you're using this movie to establish Batman with the pre-established Superman, whilst also introducing Lex Luthor and Wonder Woman, and fuck it failed so hardcore. And then they were kind of floundering. And then they did, they were like, well, everybody complained about how it was too dark and too serious and this and that. So then they did Suicide Squad. And they they learned the wrong lesson from Batman versus Superman. And all they did was throw in a bunch of jokes and some bright colors. And they were like, yep, we fixed it. Hmm. No, it was a bunch of the same fucking bullshit. And then you had Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman just soared above everything else. I think I don't have Wonder Woman as high as you do, Justin. I think mainly because the third act of Wonder Woman is the exact same as every third act DC had done till this point. They did four movies with the same third act. Just some generic gray ass villain, a bunch of smoke and fire and, you know, a light beam of some sort. Typically, you know what I mean? Just the same yep, generic bullshit. But they at least showed that they knew how to fix other problems. And you're like, all right, cool. All they got to do is figure out their third act and they'll figure this out. And then along comes Justice League. And it is a weird mixture of every fucking problem they had in all the other just in all the other DCEU movies with more characters. And like you said, the most generic of generic villains. Man. I mean, Steppenwolf is like if white bread had a more basic child. (laughs) Like if some company came out with whiter bread. That's how basic fucking Steppenwolf was. I mean, 
if he had a daughter, her name would be Plain Jane. I mean, if he had a son, I'm trying to think of what's the equivalent of. Is there like a man? If he had a, a male, if, if he had a son, he'd be named fucking John Doe. And if he had a daughter, yeah, he'd be fucking Jane Doe. Exactly. Like that's what he is, man. He and if he adopted, if he adopted a kid, his name would be Default. <laughs> I mean, he is the like character equivalent of a fighting game character that's a silhouette with a question mark. Exactly. And it was just so bad. And then Aquaman came out. And Aquaman kind of had Wonder Woman syndrome. They fixed a lot of problems, but the end was still just a bunch of fire, generic-ass villains, and some of that bullshit. And so you're like, okay, well, they're, they're, all right, they're figuring it back out again. They had it, then they lost it, but they're getting it back. And then Shazam came out. I have my own issues with Shazam, but for the most part, Shazam fixed a lot of the issues again. But for some weird reason, went, you know what? This this movie is missing generic-ass gray villains. Let's do it again. <laughs> oh, and just right the fuck back with them. And then you're like, okay, are they learning anything? And then Birds of Prey came out. And I know a lot of people didn't see Birds of Prey because it did rather terrible at the box office. But I absolutely love Birds of Prey. I think it fixed all the issues that DC EU movies have. They had a villain with personality. It just, everything about it seemed better. And I was like, you know what? Good job, DC. You have finally figured this the fuck out. You fixed it. And then they announced they were coming out with the Snyder Cut. And I was like, oh, they haven't fixed it. Because they think this is a necessary step. But I had 1984 coming out still. I was like, you know what? It'll be okay. Because Wonder Woman will, you know, keep on its trend. Boy, howdy, was I wrong. <laughs> and if you need any further discussions about it, just go listen to our Wonder Woman 1984 episode. It is hands down one of the worst ones, you know? So, like, DC, yep. DC did this weird thing. So, like, up until Justice League, they had... The one, two, three, four, five. So that was the fifth movie. So they, out of five movies, they had one good one, which was Wonder Woman. And then since then, they've had a few good ones. They they went three straight good ones, which I guess is the same trajectory they did in the first half because they did three bad ones, then a good one, then a bad one. So with this one, mm. they did three good and then a bad. So maybe Zack Snyder's Justice League will be great. Because yeah, that's if you the, follow that's, that pattern, <laughs> if you follow the pattern, it's got no choice but to be good. But then that means we're going to get three straight bad ones again. Oh, God, I hope DC doesn't keep this up. Because like when you look at uh, what's his name? Uh, Tim Gunn. No, not Tim Gunn. What's his name? Fuck. The director of Guardians of the Galaxy. Whedon. Joss Whedon. No, not Joss Whedon. He didn't direct Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, my bad. What's this? It's something Gunn. Is it Tim Gunn? No, Tim Gunn's the guy from... James Gunn? James Gunn, yes. James Gunn. James Gunn. Tim My Gunn's bad. the guy from the next top model. Uh, but yes, James Gunn. His Suicide Squad movie looks fun, you know? So I hope it's not bad. I hope DC doesn't just flip trends every, you know, every five movies. I hope they just, you know, can string together a few more good ones. For the love of God, please, just string together some good movies. But it's just, it's so disheartening. 
And I'm not going to lie, there is nothing I have seen with the trailers for this Zack Snyder Justice League that makes me think it will be any different, though. Everybody talks about how great Darkseid looks, or Darkseid, however the fuck you want to say his name. Nah, he just looks like another gray fucking villain. And they're talking about how revamped Steppenwolf looks. Man, Steppenwolf looks the exact same, except metal, like more metally and spiky. That's not a, a redesign. <laughs> They're just putting fake ass chrome off bad over bad shit. They are just chrome plating bad shit. And then there's like, oh, but look at Jared Leto's Joker in this. And I'm like, oh, why the fuck is he in it? That's the more <laughs> That's important question. <laughs> Everybody's like, well, oh man, did you see that? Did you see him? Oh, then that no motherfucker. He shouldn't be in the movie. That's the problem. I mean, I've just, I've seen nothing that makes me go, this will be a different movie. And then the, you know, I mean, I guess we might as well just move on so we can end up talking about this later. I'll end my part there with that. We'll, co- we'll come back to it. Cause I do have some predictions and thoughts about this upcoming Zack Snyder cut. Um, so yeah, let's just more talk specifically about Justice League. And I rewatched Justice League the other day. And I think that's the third time I've watched it. I saw it in theaters. I know I've watched it one time since then. And this would be my third time. And weirdly, it didn't feel as bad this time. And I don't think it's, Same. I don't think it's because the movie is better or I've softened. I think part of me... Maybe I have softened a little bit because maybe I just felt more pity for the movie when I'm like, you were so (laughs) bad. They are making a different cut of you, like a completely different cut of you because you were that bad. When have they ever done that in like movie history, like completely recut a movie? I know they've done director's cuts (laughs) and this and that before. The closest we've gotten to that is the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2. But this is a complete recut of this movie because it was just so bad that they went, no, we're going to add two more hours of bullshit to this to hopefully fix it. Like before this movie even came out, there were social media campaigns wanting the different cut of this movie. This movie hadn't even been in theaters yet and people already wanted a different one of it. (laughs) Maybe that's what it is. I pity this movie i feel bad because there are worse movies out there like justice league is not the worst movie but no it is it's truly just not good and the pro and maybe that's why i pity it is there are other movies that should have gotten this treatment before this one and yet this is the one getting it and so just every scene i'm looking at going i don't know who shot you but if it was joss whedon you're gone forever after this I feel bad for you scene. And I just thought that for every scene of the movie, I'm just like, Oh, are you going to be a casualty? I'll find out. And it's, and and part of it sucks, I guess too, because there are a few really good scenes in this movie. And I'm wondering if they're going to be in it or not in this new cut. I think to me, hands down, the best scene in this movie is when they resurrect Superman and he fights the justice league. That was badass. I truly love that scene. And I think my favorite thing about that scene is what he does to the flash. I absolutely love the way they did that. And just the whole way that scene plays out, you know, flash is sitting there super speeding up. And the first thing you see is his eyes move 
and the flash has that, huh? And then his head starts to slowly turn. And then you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. They're actually going, fuck this. This is Superman. He can do this. Yep. He can see that foe. And he just, <laughs> he just tosses Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Cyborg like they're fucking wadded up paper balls and then just turns around and proceeds to fuck the Flash's life up. Like even whenever he's punching and missing the Flash, it's still fucking up his psyche. Like he's just like the fact that somebody can attempt to hit me like this is more than I've ever experienced before. And he just proceeds to do it until he finally fucking connects with him. And I'm just like, fuck yeah. And then when he turns to Batman and he's like, oh, I know you. I'm going to fuck you up now. Because let's be real. As much as everybody loves Batman, and as much as Batman has got all these contingencies and this and that, let's make one thing clear. In no universe could Batman beat Superman. Let's be real. Yeah, let's be real, guys. I know you like Batman better, but come on, man. Stop saying that he would beat Superman. Can we just please stop? Please. And, I beg of you. And this movie proves it. Because one thing you'll ever you always notice when Batman and Superman fight in anything. You know what Superman never uses? Super speed. <laughs> yep. Like even if Batman's got all this armor on, how could he even touch him? Superman could just literally zoom around him and punch him 90,000 times until he's a dead person. Even with his armor on and shit. He can't touch him. And also, I'm so tired of people being able to dodge Superman's laser blasts because they move with his eyes. Like, that is his <laughs> literal vision. Are you saying Batman is faster than somebody can move an eyeball? Get the fuck out of here. He's not. Yeah. Like, and I just kind of love that, that Superman just went, fuck this guy, and then, like, punches him into a car, and then's like, I'm going to crush your skull, you know? I loved that scene. And I even loved the fact that they call back to Batman versus Superman when he's like, do you bleed? I actually, I was like, you know what? Thank you for making that line in Batman versus Superman actually mean something. Cause it sure as fuck didn't mean anything when they said it in that movie. So at least they did something with it to give it relevance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I appreciated that. I, I, I just appreciated that no matter how strong the justice league is, it's still fucking Superman and they did not stand a damn chance. And I loved it. Yeah. And another thing about that scene that I thought was great was just uh, towards the end of it when he had Batman and Batman radios into Alfred and goes, Hey Alfred, I need the big gun. And the big gun was Lois Lane, you know, and, and it kind of reminded me of hush when, in that story, when Superman, and I'm sure it's happened in other stories, but this one is just the one that comes to mind immediately. When uh, Poison Ivy had, had kind of had control over Superman and he was running amok and he was about to kill Batman in that situation, but he had Lois um, tied up. Some He had somebody have Lois in a situation where Superman would need to snap out of it and save her. And of course he did. And, you know, the, the, the comic captions did a great job of explaining that scene. And Batman was like, I'm the best at what I do. And he's the best at what he does. And of course he snapped out of the, um, poison Ivy 
mind control, plant mind control, and he saved Lois Lane. And I don't know. I guess that's why, like, depending on who you talk to about the whole Batman versus Superman thing, that's the one, I guess, kind of crutch that they always argue with Batman is that because of all of his contingency plans and because he knows the other members so well and because he knows Superman so well, he knows his tendencies. He knows what he would and would not do this, that, and the other, et cetera, et cetera. He will find a way to subdue Superman. He will find a way to get Superman to kind of play into what he needs him to play into because Batman will kind of manipulate the situation like that. And that's kind of an example of that. But, and I, and yes, I get that. That's great. Comic book people that argue that, but that doesn't mean he's beating him in a fight. (laughs) That's not, you were absolutely right. Like that's exactly. (laughs) And I think, and I think that whole Lois Lane thing at the end of this movie is what they wanted the Martha thing from Batman versus Superman to be. And it, yeah, was awkward and dumb and a fucking joke. They wanted that, that humanizing factor, you know, they wanted to humanize Superman in a moment like that to where make, to make Batman realize there is humanity to him. You know, that's what they wanted. And it was dumb. I loved it in this. I I completely 100% agree with you, Justin. I loved that in this because you're, you're, you're right in the comics and stuff like that. That is the ultimate thing that truly humanizes Superman is his love and connection with Lois Lane. And that's why I love the injustice comics where Superman is duped into accidentally killing Lois because of the Joker. You oh know? man, that was, and then he man. goes, he goes complete dark side, you know, complete. Well, fuck this. I'm going to rule the world. And it makes sense. It makes complete sense to me. But I it, it, it felt genuine in this movie. And it's it's like you said, it snaps him out of it. It reminds him of who he is and why he does what he does. And and it's and I think that that's the one of the worst things about this movie is how does it get that scene? The whole that whole scene from when he's resurrected to whenever he flies off with Lois. How does it get every aspect of that? 100% right, but the entire rest of the movie so wrong. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there are a few elements here and there. I still, and I'll die on this hilltop if I have to, I think Zack Snyder is one of the best casters in Hollywood. You say what you will about these movies or anything like that and how bad they are in cases. I think the casting is just perfect, though. I think Henry Cavill is an amazing Superman who has had three shitty Superman movies. But I think he's great as Superman. Yeah. I love, absolutely, Ben Affleck as Batman. And I love him even more as Batman in this movie. I love it whenever he sits there and he realizes they're going up against Steppenwolf and Darkseid and Necropolis and all of that stuff. And he realizes the best chance of humanity is having Superman, not him. And that he was willing to let Superman kill him after being resurrected, if that meant that they had a shot of having Superman on the team. I loved that. I loved that whenever he's sitting there and they're going into, you know, the whole Steppenwolf 
you know, transforming town area place that all the other Justice League members have powers. And he goes, I don't, but I can maybe set them up for success. And he just says, fuck it. If I die, I die. But I will give my team a shot. I loved yeah, that. Yeah, that was tight. You know, and I loved, I loved some of the dynamics that these people have. I loved a lot of the scenes with Wonder Woman and Batman. I loved a lot of Wonder Woman scenes in this movie in general. I loved her dynamic with Cyborg. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was fantastic. I loved the, like the weird machismo battle that was sometimes happened between Batman and, and Aquaman. I loved it. You know, I loved the moments of inspiration that Batman provides Wonder Woman. I love that Wonder Woman's providing inspiration to all these other people, but Batman's the one that has to inspire her in herself. Yeah. You know, and that I mean, argument about, yeah, I never, I, I hadn't heard of you. You know, you're supposed to be this beacon of hope and stuff, or Superman was this beacon of hope, but what about you? You could be the same thing, but I barely heard about you when this whole thing with Superman went down. Why is that? You know, why have you not been fighting the good fight? What have you been doing? You know, th that was a good conversation that they had right there. I think and like you said, it just all led to kind of her, him inspiring her, him showing her that, you know, there's more, you, you've got to move past that and you got to get back to, Doing the superhero, and that's what you're—that's what you're supposed to do. You're a warrior. You're a fighter. You've got to fight. You—that's what you need to be doing. You know, all of that was good, man. That—I that, didn't have a problem with any of that stuff. Just like you, I kind of think that this movie succeeds outside of that one scene with the battle with Superman. This movie succeeds anytime they're not doing anything superhero-y. If they're just being team members and talking and being people. This movie weirdly succeeds at those scenes. What it doesn't succeed is anything superhero-y, which is a big problem in a fucking Keystone superhero movie. Yeah. Like, anytime they are doing hero shit or fighting shit, it is one of the most boring, bland fucking movies ever. But then, weirdly has great moments of interconnectivity with its people. Like, I forgot about the scene right after cyborg and superman separate the mother boxes how there is a great joke after that when superman like when they're separating him and he's like well it's gonna be a boom and he's like and cyborg's like yeah i think we can take it though and he goes well i hope so because i you know i just came back to life i don't want to die again and then they separate him and there's that big explosion and shit and then superman is just like nope take that back i want to die yeah <laughs> and then cyborg's like my toes hurt I don't even know how that works because I have fucking robotic toes, but they hurt. That is a great comedic moment. And it works because of the, like I was saying, the interdynamic between the characters. That, that succeeds. The whole battle scene that it takes place during is garbage and needs to go away. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that, and if you think about it, isn't that kind of the, the pattern with them, with the, with a lot of these movies? When, the superheroes are not fighting and they're developing the characters and there's dialogue and, you know, we're getting to kind of understand the, the, these characters and their dynamics with other characters. It seems like when it comes to those things, these DC writers and directors and people like that 
with a lot of those things, they seem to know what they're doing. But like you said, when it comes to those pivotal battle scenes, now, not every movie. Now, some movies are just a mess. But but with the ones that you like, that's what's good about them. You know, that's what's good about Aquaman. That's what was good about Shazam. It was those, that's what's good about the first Wonder Woman. I was about to say, don't it, forget Wonder Woman. Yeah, you know, it was, well, see, and this is why I think Wonder Woman is higher tier. Wonder Woman has some excellent fight scenes, too. It does. The no Man's Land exactly. was excellent. You were 100% uh, so correct. So that, yeah, so, you know, it, it has some of that. So that's why I kind of have it there, but but no, but but still, the but still, what we're saying is true, though. The general idea, though, like when it's developing the characters and having those dynamics and interactions, the movies succeed. But when you get to the end, you know, when you get to these third acts and these and these pivotal fights and the CGI stuff and all of that stuff. Yeah, it's like you've said time and time again on here. That's where they fuck up. That's where they fuck up the most. That's where they haven't figured it out. I mean, and I think maybe that's why I love Birds of Prey so much is because it's got all the character development in the world, but it does not have CG fight sequences at the end. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's got highly stylized choreographed fighting, of course, but it's not CGI monsters. And I think that that's why it works is because it doesn't get bogged down by the typical shit that plagues every other DC movie, you know? And unfortunately, when it comes to something like this with Justice League, they've got so many generic CGI fights throughout the fucking movie. Like, yeah, he fought the Amazonians. Why the fuck was that boring? It's because it was a weird CGI game of tag. Yeah, that was strange. He fights the Atlanteans. I don't even remember a damn thing in that fight. I really don't. (laughs) It's just generic. I mean, everything about it is so boring when they get to those. And I think that maybe that's why I loved the fight sequence between the Justice League is maybe that's the first time in DCEU history where the the fighting took place between people that had a color scheme other than gray. <laughs> I know. I mean, the darkest character in that fight scene is Batman, you know? And it takes place yep. during the day, so it's all brightly lit all the colorful uniforms, you know, and it works so well. And yeah. And you're invested in the people doing the fighting and see that, that that's, that's another thing too. These villains, maybe I would care a little more about the CG fight. If I was invested a little more in the characters, like you could do CG fighting. I mean, it's not like Marvel studios doesn't do CG fighting at the end of some of their movies, but in the ones that are good, you're kind of invested in the villain too. So you can sit through a CGI fest. And if it ties the bow, if it sticks the landing though, and there are some interactions within that, and there are some like pivotal things that happen with that villain character, you can, you you know, you, you can almost let, get, let it, it can almost get away with it if there's some investment in the villain. And I think the the reason why that that 
fight with Superman was so cool. Part of it, part of the cool wasn't just what happened. We just, we cared about the characters and what they were trying to do. We we wanted to see how this would happen with Superman. We wanted to see how they would pull this off and try to get Superman back to, to come to his senses. So I think that that was like compelling, but Steppenwolf, man, he comes in and everything is just about these mother boxes. And when they describe him, they say he's, he was made just to conquer. Well, what does that mean? Well, yeah. They say his name is like the conqueror of worlds and stuff. Yeah. And I'm just, and but, I'm, and I'm not gonna lie. The thing I hated the most about that fight scene with Stefan Wolf at the end is the way it ended that they just made him afraid. So parademons attacked him. Fuck that. Have Superman beat his ass. Come the fuck on. Yeah. Come let's Superman. on. Yeah. Let's Superman whoop that ass. Because he yeah. was. He was. Once Superman started fighting him, the fucker stood no chance. And I love that they actually showed that. I love that they had kind of artificially had to create reasons why Superman wasn't just beating his ass the whole time. When it's like, oh, I have to go save people. Well, it was dumb to take him out of the fight. It's the only thing that makes that fight last longer than 30 seconds. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, but so I get it. I get why they did that. You know, I think they could have had just Superman focus on the mother box problem first instead of going and picking up an entire building. But, <laughs> but yeah, it just was so dumb. Superman was beating him. And then he goes, oh, now you're scared. And then he's like, oh, no, I'm scared. Parademons, no. Come on, bro. Just have Superman yeah. uppercut the fuck out of him. And then just have him go, I've only ran away once before. But I'll be back again and then like go away. You know, you can have him teleport away back to Acropolis. You know, you can have that. Just it was so dumb to have the parademons take him on because these parademons couldn't even beat the Justice League members, but they could and they couldn't beat Steppenwolf. So how does the math work that the parademons can beat Steppenwolf? Like, yeah, that's so true, dude. That That's a great point because they couldn't even handle Batman. So I mean, that's like saying putties could beat Lord Zed. Yeah. If they all just turned on him, they could just beat him. Yeah, he should have just had his way. I mean, the Amazons, he was fucking up those Amazons. He was throwing them left and right. Those and those Amazons, we know they can fight. They are formidable fighters. They're strong. They're powerful. They can use all these weapons. And he made that look like cake. When he was fighting them and but these parademons, though, and see that that's just another thing about bad writing and storytelling. If you took more time with these villains and we understood them, if I understood more about parademons and what their powers were and stuff like that, if I just knew something more than they feed on fear, if you had made me. If they were, if if you had made them feel formidable in some sort of way, then maybe I would have bought that. But you didn't do that. You just show them getting beat up and deboed by the Justice League throughout this entire movie. But then they can beat, you know, but then they can beat Steppenwolf. Well, and I also love that, like, when Steppenwolf starts, like, smelling like fear, I guess, or whatever the fuck they want to call it. There are these like parademons that are just like 
climbing up a wall. And then they're just like, oh, I smell fear. Let's go attack it. Why weren't they attacking the Justice League? Why were there so many parademons <laughs> just sitting around going, nah, I'm not going to fight them. Because they were fighting the parademons, but then once it got very Steppenwolf-like centric, they weren't fighting really the parademons anymore. They were just, the parademons were just like flying around, but nobody was fighting them. They were all just fighting Steppenwolf, you know? And I'm like, that's such a weird thing to do. But I want to know if you caught something too. Did you know this movie breaks the continuity with Batman versus Superman? Oh, it does? Yes. Where? With Cyborg's origin. Because when they're talking about Cyborg's origin, they mention that the mother box activates after Superman dies. Just like it did in Atlantis and in Amazonia or Themyscira, right? Yes. Yes. It says that. Then how does the mother box activate and make him cyborg in Batman versus Superman in that video file that Bruce Wayne watches before Superman dies? Oh, yep. You're right. I, I just noticed that this, this time around. Yep. You're right. Because they were like, the mother box activated. And I was like, wait, I saw it activate in the other movie. Wait. Superman was still alive in that. Wait, why was that a weird video blog entry? I had lots of thoughts. But yeah, it breaks the continuity of Cyborg's origin. It does. It does. Can we also talk about how it's sad that because of this movie, and apparently how shitty Joss Whedon is, we're not going to get a Cyborg movie? And Ray Fisher yeah. won't be in any more like DC movies? Yeah. And how shitty uh, that I, is? Because he he's, yeah. he's good. He is good. He was very good in this. And yeah, I, um, when I was kind of just trying to dig up the story about the Snyder Cut, because the whole story about how this came about is kind of fascinating. You know, I think that the story will help this movie when it's released tomorrow, because the whole build up and the fans willing this into existence and then Josh Whedon and everything with him and all that controversy and stuff and being unprofessional on set and everything like that. And some of the actors talking about interactions with him, like it's all of it really just makes for this fascinating story. The story about that is almost better than the justice league. <laughs> Oh, it's it almost better than this movie. If we, got, I mean, if we just got a documentary about the insanity that took place with the making of this movie, like all the way down to like Zack Snyder's child killing themselves and Zack Snyder having to step away because of that and Joss Whedon coming in and apparently being this gigantic piece of shit and turning out a garbage movie. Even the fucking fights with what in Paramount who do the Mission Impossible movies, you know, with Henry Cavill and the mustache, just the weird dynamic between the two studios with the mustache and then yeah. all this stuff and the investigation and then Jeff Johns being in trouble with it too. And like all the craziness, it's a fascinating fucking thing. And I think DC should own it and make that documentary. They should, because my goodness, man, that was a lot to unpack. And when I, watched a few videos about the story, I was like, my goodness, man, I didn't even realize all of this was happening. I knew that Zack Snyder had stepped away, and I knew that there was kind of controversy there, too, because the other movies weren't so good, and the studio was already thinking about replacing him, or it was either going to happen, or it may have already been talked about and halfway confirmed when he left. I know that there was a rift there, 
with him because of how poorly BVS performed. I know that there was already kind of a rift there. And yeah, when that happened with his family and then he had to, you know, leave and everything when the when the daughter killed herself and everything. So there's really just a, a fascinating part of this story that's about a man who really a, a man and fans who fought to see this original vision come to life and take place. And there's just that's kind of that that almost underdogish story about this guy who really has passion for these characters and him getting to finally have his passion project on screen. There's that part. And then there's this other part, like you said, about this guy who was called in to replace who'd had some success with other comic movies, but he's just a giant asshole and stuff. I mean, I forget what actress it was, but I read one report and she was like, like the, the rule of thumb was with other people and producers and stuff was that he, that Whedon could not be in a room with her alone again, because after one interaction, she was so uncomfortable. She didn't want to be anywhere alone with him. Like crazy shit like that. Like, man, I forget the actress. But it was awful, man. It, it, it was awful. So, yeah. So you got all these moving parts. And so I think there's going to be a part of the public that's really rooting for this Snyder Cut. Because it's like, I think even if it's not, even if it's just a little bit better than this one, which I mean, honestly, at this point, I'm kind of, after watching Justice, the, the Whedon Cut, the, the the Josh cut, Josh this league. <laughs> After watching this version, how could it not be better? If he just if he just develops Stephen Wolf, it'll be a better movie than this. Well hands down. They're gonna have they're gonna have some of that development, but then you're also gonna get Darkseed in this. You're gonna get way you're gonna get Darkseed in this movie. Like one hundred percent confirmed. Dark Seed is 100% like in this movie, not like a scene. He is a character in this movie. Oh, wow. See, I thought that was going to be kind of like some sneak peek. Oh, what's co- like, I figured he'd get a scene or two, but I didn't realize that. No, it was like that. Like he's in, in it, you know, damn. One of the biggest okay. changes I think was, I think that they kind of retroactively changed some stuff in the original justice league. When, you know, whenever he's fighting, when Steppenwolf is fighting the old gods, you know, and the humans and the Atlanteans and the Amazonians. Lanterns. Yeah. Yeah. And the lanterns and stuff. Yeah. I think in, that was originally meant to be Darkseed. Oh. And I think that that's him in this movie. I think they did just a CGI change out because it's a 100% CGI fight, you know. So they just swapped him for Steppenwolf. I think in this one, it's going to be Darkseed. We're going to see Acropolis. We're going to see Stephen Wolf like bowing down to dark side, seed side. I see. I don't know what to say. So I go back and forth where I'm worried about it is in the trailers. I have seen a character called granny goodness and I love granny goodness. And as much as that sounds like that would be a superhero name. No, she is one of the most evil bitches in the universe in the DC comics. Oh, and I love her. She is one of my favorite DC villains. Because she's a main villain for 
she's one of the main villains for Mr. Miracle and Big Barda. And those are my two top DC characters, hands down. And we're supposed to be getting a, a, a new gods movie, which is supposed to focus on him and them. So I hope they don't fuck up granny goodness in this movie. Like, I just hope they kind of have her be a background character for a few scenes. Don't really explain her so she can just be awesome in the other movie. That's what I want more than anything. Uh, because granny goodness runs the torture pits on Acropolis. Hmm. Yeah. She just tortures Damn. people nonstop. And I, wow. and she's amazing. I mean, and it's, it's one of those old school Jack Kirby characters too. Cause she looks like a little round, fat, short granny, <laughs> but she's super okay. strong, super durable, evil as fuck. I love her. I kind of wish she was my grandmother. And plus I love the name granny goodness. I know that's just that's just such a nice wholesome name, and then I find out she's torturing people. Oh, hella torture, dude! <laughs> and she does it, and she's like, "Oh, it's because Granny loves you, dear." While having like somebody shove like a red hot iron and under your fingernails. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. But I mean, I guess we might as well talk about this. Like, what are some of the things you predict or think will happen or should happen in this new? Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League that is four hours long. Like, I mean, I think that that's the thing I'm the most disappointed with is it's a four-hour movie. Do you know how many movies ever need to be four hours? None. That is very true. But it did make me think about something. Do you think that with just with the nature of streaming and just now that we have just almost completely become more of a streaming audience. Do you think that this is something that maybe studios can start to get away with more? Because I no. mean, you know, a stream watcher, well, just to kind of put the argument out there, put the thought out there for the listeners, like a streamer is used to binging, like, right? Like, like, most people have the endurance for binging. That's how they watch things now. You know, you'll watch four or five hour-long episodes of a show in a row. Um, the fact that this can be watched at your own pace, where you can pause it, you can take breaks from it, uh, stuff like that, and go away. Um, you know, you, you're not sitting in a theater and watching this. So some people will does be that change. Yeah, that's true. Some people will be. But I just wonder if that kind of changes the dynamic for most people. Are most people kind of like are most people in your camp where it's like, yeah, man, it's four hours. That's way too long. Stuff like that. I'm sure you have some of those. But do you have people that are also like four hours? And eh, that's child's play. I'll watch it. I've been seeing things in my timeline of people talking about staying up till midnight so they can watch the Snyder Cut. Those people are so, goddamn lunatics. Uh, yeah, see, yeah, like, I saw that going around. Hey, who's staying up? A guy posted, who's staying up late to watch the Snyder Cut? I saw and the same had, thing, and I think it's probably the same person. Okay, okay. And I was going to say, he had about 70-something comments in there. And I imagine they all weren't no's. So I don't know, man. We've kind of become this binge watching. You know, one of the complaints about WandaVision early was that you couldn't binge it. 
You know, that was a, a, a thing that people talked about, man. I, you know, waiting for this next episode to come out. I got to wait this week and stuff like that. Why didn't they just drop it all so I could watch it all? And there are people that were like, man, I just sit there and watch all six, seven episodes of it. So I don't even know if four hours is too long now, like with just the way we are now. I don't know if we've maybe we've moved past that. You know, I wonder if more shit will be like this as a result, you know, depending on how successful this is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, to me, it really depends on how it's done. I think why binge watching a TV show works is because it's got natural pauses in it to where if you need to run and use the restroom or grab food or something like that, you've got natural pauses in the storyline with each episode ending. You know what I mean? So you get those pause breaks, those natural points within the narrative that allow you to take a break if you need. You know what I mean? Even if it's just real quick to use the restroom. Yeah. To grab another, you know, grab a water or something. And supposedly this will have chapters. It's supposedly like six chapters or something like that. And if they literally do the thing where it stops, like, and it just shows like a chapter card or whatever, you know what? I think it actually becomes bearable because it's telling you the natural stopping points to take a break. And that works, you know, because I hate the idea of you having to guess when to take a break if you need one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hate that idea, you know, because you could be like, oh, well, this is a slow part. Let me pause it and go. And then you come back and it's just like all of a sudden rams into something or something like that. And it makes it always feel unnatural, you know, whereas if it gives us natural breaks, if it does, if it actually, because like I said, I know there are chapter names in this. I don't remember any of the chapter names, but I know that this has like six chapter names. If they actually divided it like that, where they do a stop and then here's a chapter title card, I'm actually more okay with it being four hours because then it's becomes like six episodes of a show lasting four hours total. Yeah. When yeah. You get those natural see, I didn't even know like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I get what a lot of people say with like WandaVision and stuff like that. I, I'm one of those weird people that I think it depends on the quality of your show, whether or not you can make it bingeable or not. Because I think if you actually know you have a good quality show, I actually see the reason why you say, fuck it, this comes out weekly. You know, if it's some sitcom bullshit, fuck all that. I'll wait till the end of the season and just binge it all. (laughs) You know, but if you've got like a good prestige television show and you know it, fuck it, release them weekly. Because it makes it an event. It makes it something to look forward to. People talk about what you're going to see coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say that. I I was going to say, I think that the waiting made WandaVision better. I think it made it better because people would anticipate things and talk about rumors and all of that kind of stuff. That was one of, and all the little cliffhanger endings and stuff. And then having to wait that week and getting to have discussions and people putting their theories out there. Half the fun of watching that was getting to do that. And if you binge it all, you don't really get to do that. I wish Stranger Things was a weekly show. I do. Oh, man. I wish Stranger Things was. Because think about all the shit that would have happened with that show if you had to wait a week between episodes. 
Oh, man. Yeah. But Disney's yeah. bringing that back. Mandalorian did it. WandaVision did it. Falcon Winter Soldier is going to do it. They're bringing back appointment television. Do you know how long it's been since I've actually been, oh my God, I can't wait till Friday. I get to see a new episode of something. It's been so long since I've legitimately felt that way. Honestly, it's been like that since Game of Thrones ended. Yeah, I was about to say Game of Thrones is what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, any other TV show I watch, I don't really give a fuck. I just go, oh yeah, an episode came out two days ago. I guess I should watch it. You know, I don't care. But these types of shows, I love it whenever they're bringing back that that event status. And WandaVision nailed it, you know. And if if that's how they kind of make this feel, if they kind of make it into six chapters, like like I know they, they've said it is, but depending on how they do it, it will become infinitely more bearable to me, you know. Because like that chapter three title card can come up and I can go, cool, let me go get a snack, you know. And I know I can pause it whenever I want, but I like doing it in narrative stopping points. I don't like the idea of just stopping it in the middle of a conversation because it's a quote unquote slow part. I hate that. Yeah, me too. I don't do that. Exactly. Like I legitimately have to wait until like the fight sequence ends. And it's like that, that lull after a fight scene where everybody's just like staring and recuperating. Like that's where I would have to pause. You know, and I like that. So yeah. if this does break it up. I will in, infinitely be more accepting of its runtime instantly if that's how they do it. Because even if that title card's up there for five seconds, that tells me pause now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if something and, and really to your point, if you're going to have something four hours, it probably just should be like that, you know? So that it does feel like that. If you're going to come out with any other four hour movie type content like this, I think it just probably should have that. You know, the Irishman, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I don't believe the Irishman had anything like that. And yeah, that was a you know, you have to sit through that. Yeah. And that thing was 19 hours long. Yeah. I mean, I will say this. I know in theaters it's got a 15 minute intermission. Like a 10 or a 15 okay. minute intermission in Justice League. So that's smart too. Yeah. I'll give it that yeah. credit. And I think that that also harkens back to in the day when films were on reels. You would literally have to have that because it, the um, box office person would have to change reels or projectionists. Because I know ah, that. True. Do you remember that movie Gods and uh, Gods and Generals or Generals and Gods or whatever? That World War II movie? Yes. Yep. Yes. It had an intermission because it was like three and a half hours long or something like that. And it was for us because this was after the, this was post individual reels and having to constantly feed reels when people, when movie theaters moved to the platter system and that movie took up like one and a half platters. Damn. So you yeah. had, well, I think Huge. it was actually two platters. Cause you know, like I said, they cut it in half, but yeah, it was designed like that because otherwise the, the film just wouldn't fit on the platter. It just wouldn't. So they had to do something to allow projectionists to be able to actually play the movie. So I'll give them credit for that at least. But yeah, they're doing that even now. Uh, when Justice League goes into theaters and other places, it will have an intermission. So that's at least smart too. I mean, and like I said, it really just depends. I mean, ugh, I'm not going to lie. I I truly hated how long Endgame was. I know a lot of people ended up saying <laughs> it wasn't that hard or anything like that. 
but it felt like a chore. I didn't feel like I was going to the movies. I felt like I was doing my weekend chores. Damn. And I, <laughs> I just don't want this to feel the same way. I don't want it to feel like a chore. I don't want to get two hours in and go, I've got two more hours. And this is so hard to do. Wow, man. Like, it's funny because I'm just, I was just so totally the opposite of that. I saw, I wound up seeing that movie. I don't know. I must have saw that movie seven or eight times. You are out your goddamn mind. With with different groups of people, man. I think I might have seen that movie seven or eight times. And that's not um, counting times I saw it after release. So I I've seen, seen that once. movie hella. Once. So I've seen that movie hella. Once. And I never once was like, oh, man, this is a chore. I, I just had so much fun watching that. But I know you kind of hate that movie. So I have <laughs> infamously. Seen I have seen Justice League. 300% more than I have seen in game. Yep. And you're going to watch Justice League again, right? I'm going yes. to I'm gonna watch Justice League, take a small break, and then watch Justice League Snyder Cut back to back. I am doing a six hour Justice League marathon on Saturday. I may or may Man. not be dead by Saturday <laughs> night. But uh, so when it comes to this movie with the, the Snyder Cut, my biggest worry is that some of the things I like the most are going to be lost because they may have been Joss Whedon scenes. And that slightly worries me that I don't know which is which. Yeah, I get that. Um, Because I know he was brought in to bring some comedic flavor to it. So, yeah, you would imagine that any of those comedic scenes or scenes where something was kind of played for laughs you kind of wonder which one of those, which ones of those Zack Snyder's going to keep, if any of them, you know, because he's just, he just likes the tone to be super serious. Well, so, I yeah. Can, I can tell you now he's keeping none of it. There is no <laughs> Joss Whedon footage in this, this version at all. Oh, wow. None. Okay. That's why I can tell you right now, there is no Joss Whedon footage to be kept. Because he has said openly, none of it is in this cut. Damn. So, okay. So, yeah, I've got no idea. Also, and I know this is going backwards and not forwards like we were like already kind of going. But don't you think they should have just kept Henry Cavill with a mustache and just had it been after he resurrected? Just have a mustache. Like, let him keep his Mission Impossible mustache and then just CGI that mustache on to the other scenes. I think that that would have worked better than CGIing the mush mustache off. And I know it would make no sense because it's like, why would this guy be dead but growing a mustache? Who gives a fuck? Just leave the mustache on. He looked good <laughs> with it. Yeah, or he could have had a beard or maybe you could have had the mustache and with some with the power of makeup and stuff. Maybe you could have maybe could have had a beard or something. Superman's had a beard before. Yeah, it's just like, why not? Like, yeah. I hate the idea that they're just like, no, it's Superman. He can't have a mustache. Who gives a fuck? He is a cartoon character. Like, he's just, he's a comic book character. He can have whatever the fuck you put on him. I can go grab a Superman comic right now and draw a mustache on him. And guess what? He now has a mustache. Like, it doesn't matter. Just, who cares? Just do it. 
and make your lives easier. <laughs> yeah. And you already kind of had an explanation in the movie because I know when Batman was talking about Superman and he was talking, trying to kind of, I guess, convince the other league members that we need to revive Superman. He even said, well, you know, his body is in the ground. He said something to the effect of, I'm just going to bridge it. But basically he said that his body is in the ground, but the cells don't deteriorate. Like his cells are incapable of deteriorating because, you know, he's like, I don't know, indestructible or whatever. So his mustache just grows while he's dead. Yeah. So his cells could have just grown still while he was in there. And that would explain why he had a beard or mustache or whatever, you know? I'm also in the camp that he should have had a mullet, just like in the comics when he comes back to life. That's super mullet. But, um, yes, now back to predictions or once in Snyder Cut. Um, honestly, I just, I want there to be more, if you're going to have four hours, more character development, show the characters interacting, show them being a team, show me, like, make me give a fuck that they're a team. Hell yeah. Outside of. Hell yeah. Well, they're a team in the comics, so I should want them to be a team in the movies. That's not good enough anymore. Marvel already broke that. Like, I mean, I think that that's what was so great about the original Avengers. We know who the Avengers were, but that movie made us want them to be a team. You know, Mm -hmm. it made us want to see them together. And parts of Justice League make that, but not enough of it. Yeah. And there were two members who you had no development on. So you had to get them in the movie and try to develop them and try to have them mesh with the team and also be a part of the resolution. So with four hours, you would think that those two characters, you would think that the Flash and Cyborg might get some more scenes and some better development. I mean, right? Like four hours. There you, has you to ought be. to. I mean, you, you got to do that, right? You have to. Because this can't be four hours of bullshit fights. It can't be four hours of the Joker randomly showing up when he doesn't need to be in the movie. (laughs) Please, God. If you sacrifice any aspect of character development for the heroes just to have fucking the Joker in this movie, you don't deserve to make any more movies. I totally agree. And then, you know, with you telling me that thing about Darkseid, it makes me worry more for Steppenwolf. So is the best he's going to get is a metally look, uh, a metally super shreddery look, or are we going to develop his character? You are because absolutely right, Justin. That is just the super shredder version of Steppenwolf. Yeah, he's super shredder now. So am I going to get a story about why he's super shredder now? Or am I going to at least understand who that son of a bitch is? I mean, or are we going to just have him the same and so that we can have dark side scenes and Joker scenes, like you said, because now you got more villains in this. So it's hard to imagine a scenario where I get more out of Steppenwolf. And if any character, if any villain in that in this four hour thing, if anybody needs more development, it's him. So. And I just fear that he may not get it. 
I don't feel like you're wrong, Justin, in fearing that. I think it's a very justified fear, and I feel like it might be a very likely to happen prediction. Like, man. So I'm just wondering, you know, and that's why I, I said all that when I said all that stuff about Zack Snyder. And I know that a lot of initial reviews have been positive. Now, I've seen some bad ones. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> one one reviewer, I want to say it was GameSpot or one of those gaming magazines, but they also have movie reviews. And he was like, um, did you ever think that watching a superhero epic could be like <laughs> watching paint dry? Well, welcome to Zack Snyder's Justice League. And he like super hated on. I didn't read the whole review because I was trying to avoid spoilers, of course, but he was hating on it. But the general reviews that I've seen or at least heard people talk about have been positive. And they all said that it's mountains better than the other one. And like and like we were talking about, man, I just wonder if some of that is willing this to be better. Because of fandom and because of kind of what happened with Zack Snyder. So is there an intangible here where people will watch this and they just, because they want this to be better, it will be, whether it earns that or not. Does that make sense? Oh, no, I completely agree. I mean, I'm kind of wondering the same thing. When you've got somebody like uh, who will be our guest for the Snyder Cut, uh, which is Cinefan Kurt, he's amped. And I just feel like no matter what the movie is, he's going to be amped just because it's different than the other one. And yeah, unfortunately for me, that's not good enough. It has to actually be better. It can't just be different and twice as long. It needs to actually be better. And I hope it is. Yeah. I hope it is because Zack Snyder has said, 100% he is not making any more DC movies. And my hope is that this movie is fantastic and makes me want more. And that's Zack Snyder's version of fuck you, DC. You didn't have faith in me when you could have had an epic on your hands. I think that'd be I great. I know. That would be great. What a great, what a cool story that would be. And I mean... We don't root. It's just like we said at the beginning. We don't root for these characters to be in movies and stories that fail. Like, who would root for that? Why would you root against Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman? Yeah. Why would you root against the Justice League? Why would you want their movies to be bad? Like, Like, what kind of heartless bastard are you? To not want them to succeed. I'm not a fan (laughs) of Superman as a whole. I think Superman is a very boring character. But at the same time, all it really means is I want interesting Superman stories. I'm tired of boring ones because he's Superman. I want interesting ones. Who doesn't want a good Batman movie? Everyone. Everyone wants a good Batman movie. Yeah. Because a good Batman movie is a great fucking time to be alive. You know, all I want is DC to gain consistency. I want them to give me a reason to keep like to look forward to their films because yeah, I'm going to see them regardless of whether or not I liked the last one. I'm going to see the next one just for once. Please make me look forward to it. I'm tired of like having a slight feeling of dread 
because there's a high probability it will suck hard. Yeah. I want to once just go into a DC movie thinking this is going to be awesome. And I have never had that. (laughs) I have never once had that. The closest I came to that was Wonder Woman 1984. That was the closest. I was like 95% sure it was going to be good. And then I watched it. (laughs) Like I want, I want to go in with that 99% or that hundred percent sureness that I'm about to watch something good. That's all I want is just to be amped for once. I want to feel for a DC movie like I do when they release a straight to video computer animated version of Starship Troopers. Why am I more excited for those than I am any fucking DC movie? Wow. Because Starship Troopers has never let me down. And DC just constantly does. I know. And it's just, and it's like, and it's weird, you know, back to that whole sports player analogy. When the pressure is not on as much, they seem to do better. Like Aquaman. I don't believe they were expecting that to make a billion dollars. That didn't need to make a billion. You know, I don't think the idea was, oh, we're, we're, we're doing this. Of Obviously, you hope for that. But I don't know if the pressure was on Aquaman to make a billion dollars. They expected half of that. That's See? all. They expected half. And then, yeah. And then you think about that. But it was better than some of these other movies. And then you think about like Shazam and some of those, and then like, or even birds of prey with Harley Quinn, like how come the movies, it seems like when, when, when you don't need the big shot, when you don't need the home run and there's not a lot of pressure, they show up. And then when it's gotta be good, when it's gotta be a home run, when it's your central characters and it needs to be something special, they just can't fucking hit that ball, man. And I need them to hit that damn ball. I need them to hit it. I need the home run. I need it. I need you to score. No, you're absolutely right, Justin, because it's it's like the home run hitter goes out there and strikes out. But that guy that's like a utility outfielder and all you need him to do is hit a double... And he's hitting like an in the park home run. Yeah. You know, all their utility players are fucking busting their ass to be successful. And their star players are striking out and floundering at the plate. So it'd be nice. You know, it would just be nice to see that trend change. And maybe this will be the walk off home run for Zack Snyder. You know, we root for it, but. As you, but as the pattern that you so perfectly laid out for us, uh, it, it may not be that way. <laughs> well, yeah. we don't have a lot of home run footage to show you. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, this is the retirement game. This is Derek Jeter's last like game at Yankee Stadium, where he ends up hitting a home run to win the game. I hope Zack Snyder is Je- is Derek Jeter in this. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll be Kobe. That last 60 points. Oh, man, that is one of the greatest last games of all time. Yeah, yeah, so. So let's hope that he's Kobe. And I'm, and what I'm about to say, I don't mean this any ill world towards this player, but let's hope he's not Vince Carter, where Vince Carter's last game 
ended up more or less getting ruined. Like his career ended up ending unceremoniously because of the pandemic. He just went from playing yeah. his last season to, well, he's just no longer playing. Yeah. Let's hope that's yeah. not Zack Snyder. You got any final thoughts? No, I think that is a good place to leave it. Me too. So thanks everybody for listening to this Justice League episode, this Justice League bonus episode leading into the Zack Snyder cut. Uh, check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or Facebook where we're Cinema Slayers Podcast or Twitter and Instagram where we're Cinema underscore Slayers. And just to make this very fitting because it's a Justice League episode, haha, I tricked you. Remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. Right now, come together, right now, over Zack Snyder. Do, do, shika, do, 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 shika, do, do, do. That was a weird way to end that song, but I kind of liked it. I try. All right, I'm out.